0: Algar Productions. Welcome to the post-atomic horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your
1: hosts Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham.
0: <laughs> Episode one eighty-six, take two, covering indiscretion and rejoined.
1: Hi, friends. It's it's us again doing these episodes again. Yep. For for reasons that will become apparent soon. Again and again and again. Yes. And again. Uh, you know, this is something, I'm, I'm springing this on you right now, Matt. I, I was going to discuss this with you before the show and I forgot. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to do it live in front of the audience. We're, we're going to have a fight in front of the whole audience. Oh, no. good. No, 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 no. Uh, several people uh-huh. have, have contacted us, and, and I'm sure you've seen this as well, and asked, hey, if, if you're redoing episodes, why aren't you redoing The Cage? A fair point. And so... I'm asking you here and now, should we redo the cage? We should definitely redo the cage. The thing,
0: my thought on redoing the cage was always that should be the last episode, though.
1: For me, we complained about it a lot because at the very beginning of this podcast, we were not accustomed to watching an episode twice. Mm -hmm. Watching it once by ourselves. What fools we were. Yeah, and then again for a review, like, you know, before the show, mm-hmm. was unheard of. So we were already a little sick of it. And then in the running order, like, four weeks later, the menagerie came, which recycled all that footage. Mm-hmm. So we ended up seeing the cage essentially four times. Yeah, In about a month. And we were real sick of it. Mm-hmm. But that was eight years ago, and I've completely forgotten half of what happens in the cage now.
0: Yeah, all I don't remember about the cage is that it was too cerebral for uh, modern audiences.
1: Yeah, and everyone knows that.
0: Mm-hmm. Like... I, I don't know. Like, I assume that have... refers to the giant heads of the uh, whatever the fuck guys they were.
1: The Talosians. I do the remember Talosians. that. The Talosians, yeah. I wanted to say the yeah. Tholians. That ain't right. Come on, nah. Matt. You know your Star Treks. I, do, I mean, you know, we, we forget little things here and there. We're not we're not those guys. <clears throat> but we are these guys. Speak and... for yourself. I am an infallible Star Trek god. Uh, yeah, but there's so many things that people yell at us for not knowing, or they used to. I think they get what we're about now.
0: They Don't you know? Yell- you- they stopped yelling at us when we kept being mean to them.
1: Yeah, or just ignoring them and deliberately, like doubling down on on the mm-hmm. wrongness. That's that's my move. Oh, so you're saying the Enterprise can't go warp six, so that means it can only go like warp eight, right? Smooth sharks. Mm-hmm, that's us. Uh-huh. What? Oh, you never heard the smooth sharks thing? No? It's a. will tell you later. It's a long fucking story for not a good okay. payoff. It's a long walk for an animal that doesn't have feet. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, anyway, no, we still have, and and we have some plans. We have some things that we're going to do, but we're just about done redoing, like, revisiting episodes. We were originally going to do five pairs. Mm-hmm. Do you want to make it six? Do you want to do the cage again?
0: You want to do the cage and uh, where no man has gone before? We could. Cause Cause we that's should probably do like it, two I say, episodes. And I that's... hate to
1: spring this on you, you know, late. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. All right. So that's going to happen uh, after next week. Next week after, we have one in more two pair. Weeks. Then, yeah. And there's a couple of things we definitely have planned. We we don't really need, you know, specific suggestions. Uh, we, we have some ideas. We just don't know what's going where yet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And I say this not because we, we don't uh, appreciate your input. We definitely do. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole lot of people saying, why don't you watch Babylon 5 now? Why don't you watch Quantum Leap now? Yeah, we have like three weeks to fill. Yeah. I don't really want to watch Quantum Leap ever. Mm-hmm. I watched all the Babylon 5 Okay. want why well,
0: almost all the Babylon Five. If you want to talk to Babylon Five about me, that's fine. But I don't remember any of it. There's a guy in it named Mister Garibaldi. I remember that much. Oh
1: right, Gary Baldy. Uh huh. Because he's bald. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. It's it's just I. We don't like our original plan was we thought we had lots of time to fill between the end of you know what we were doing and more discovery. And now it turns out we're we're almost there already. Yeah. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to commit to you know a whole other bit. So mm-hmm. we're kind of. Filling the time with a few spare things. So, uh, yeah, the bit we will may, come later. It may, it may not. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. For now, though, mm-hmm. and and again, there's a specific reason which we'll get to when we cover the second episode. There's a reason where we're visiting these episodes. Yeah. Uh, but for now, uh, let me tell you what happens in Deep Space Nine season four episode something. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, ra- right. Around the middle of of Deep Space Nine, uh, season four, um, indiscretion. Someone claiming to be an old friend of Major Kira's calls the station. This is how Worf says it before he connects the call, but let's not be too hard on him. It's his only line! Turns out someone in Kira's vast network of Mulledy rebels has located the remains of a presumed lost Cardassian ship that was carrying Bajoran prisoners. And so, taking a cue from Worf, she books some time off to go look for the thing. But the Cardassians get wind of it because those guys are always getting wind of things. Big wind-getters, those guys. And they decide to send a representative to go with her. Can you guess who it is? Given that there's only one named Cardassian character who isn't exiled in disgrace at this point in the show's history, the answer is not difficult. It's Gul Dukat. The ensuing buddy cop road trip goes exactly as you might expect, which is to say, Kira doesn't have any time for his shit, but then he actually seems sympathetic for a second, and she almost lets her defenses down, but then he does something horrible, and then he sort of ends up splitting the difference. Every day with this guy is a fucking roller coaster. So let me walk you through the individual peaks and valleys of this particular coaster, assuming you're tall enough to ride. <laughs> Dukat has a special interest in this ship because he had one of his gross, inappropriate relationships with one of the Bajoran women on board. For more on this subject, see the super-gross episode from a later season, in which he, we discover he was also probably sleeping with Kira's mom back in the day. Kira and Dukat locate the wreckage and work out that a half-Bajoran, half-Cardassian girl named Tora Zial may still be alive and enslaved by the Breen, who are on the planet mining dilithium. Zial is Dukat's illegitimate daughter, the titular indiscretion. And Dukat must therefore murder her. Kira is unsurprisingly not terribly happy about this, but when the inevitable confrontation comes, Zial's all, kill me if you have to, you coward, and he can't go through with it. So he doesn't. You see, goddamn roller coaster. Meanwhile on Deep Space Nine, Ben seems a little uncertain about taking things to the next level with Cassidy Yates because she kind of sucks. I'm with you, man. Yeah, yeah. This is a good one. It was. It was um, a great episode. This it, it was interesting because I wasn't quite sure where we were in terms of like, you know, lots of stuff in the status quo of the show changed. Uh-huh. This is one of the things and I, I like, like about
0: about doing this is it's like, okay, what's happening?
1: Yeah, exactly. We're just kind of dropped in the middle and I would almost be willing, I'm not going to do this, mm. but I would almost be willing to, to uh, attack a few new episodes, like, uh, you know, revisit a few episodes at random. Mm. The problem is at random would deliver us, like, some Voyager or Enterprise, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. But, uh um,
0: Look, as much, you know, as far as we've come and as much as, you know, as much as we're willing to, to take looks at things again, I will never watch another episode of Enterprise again in my entire
1: life. No, absolutely not. I, I maintain that it's the worst show I've ever watched on purpose. Yep. But... um. Like I had to I had to sort of reacquaint myself and and the show does a good job of it because it was designed to be in syndication and Mm -hmm. maybe shown out of order. Yeah. And so I pretty quickly figured out, okay, uh, this isn't the point where we're at the war at war with the Dominion yet or Odo has been turned into a a salad. Um, Worf just got here like it didn't take me long to figure out what was what I just got here. Yep. And uh, there was there was very little Worf because we just got a big two-parter with him showing up, so mm-hmm. now he takes a backseat to the other characters for a while. I just, um, <laughs> Poor Michael Dorn's like, I had assumed that the show was about me now. Well, I'll keep crusading for this for the next 20 years. Is
0: this not the Worf and Friends show f- starring Worf and not his son?
1: And Ron Moore's like, uh, Worf, buddy, I was with you on the other show. Worf doesn't have any friends. <laughs> oh, but the, the main thing was I was trying to determine what Dukat's deal was because we know, you know, like you chart his course over the, the series. Mm-hmm. It It's in so many different places. That dude was very busy. Yeah. And, and was he like, was okay, very busy doing a lot of different things. Was was this the time when he was like uh, aboard a, a stolen, a pirate aboard a stolen Klingon ship? Mm-hmm. No, that was season five, I think. Or nope. maybe later this season. This but is when he uh,
0: weasel his way into the uh, the new government that didn't all
1: right, Oh, right, the civilian government. Run yeah. for the civilians by the civilians, Major. With, with and, me, a military advisor.
0: And who in all of the great and powerful army of Cardassia could be more civilian than I. Mm-hmm. Gull, excuse yeah. me, I've been promoted, Legate Dukat. Is,
1: is he a Legate in this? He's a Legate in this one. Ah, okay. I again all over the map. Mm-hmm. If if I might have not been paying attention when they actually said that, so yeah, major. It's, and it's very, you know, it's it's very obviously these are the two characters in the entire show of of its vast you know assortment of characters mm-hmm. who hate each other the most. Well, so it's interesting. To, Kira to match hates them hates
0: him the most. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, fair point. Dakot pretty sure she'll come around. He's just got to put the work in.
1: Yeah. That that is what he thinks. Mm-hmm. Good boy. <laughs> what a terrible person. I know, but this is my good thing, uh-huh. and, and your good thing as well. So yep. we'll just do these one right after the other. Ducat was just—I mean, we said this a couple of weeks ago. Mm. We we just we were just here, and we said it nonstop for two years, but it's still true. It takes him one conversation with Kira to be completely up in her business. Yep. And by the end of the conversation, he's hinting that the Cardassian occupation is what made Bajor such a strong presence in the Alpha Quadrant, and Mm -hmm. he actually believes it. Yep. He's like, that. oh, yeah, the occupation was probably inconvenient for a few people, but look how great you guys are doing now. You're welcome. I'm so proud of you. What? You guys really came through in the end, you know? like, uh, And thanks to us, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants, right? What? What? No,
0: I, I think that the Bajoran people might be one of the proudest accomplishments of the Cardassian
1: Empire. Yeah, when when the history is written and we write, like, what did the Cardassians get right? Mm-hmm.
0: And you know. he believes every word to it, to the bottom of his soul. This is why I love that... this character so goddamn much.
1: Well, yeah, and this is your good thing.
0: Yeah, like, I, just, I love him, and I realized something in this episode. He is desperately trying to save Zial in this one. Like... It's the only reason he tells Akira about his, pl- about his plan. Like, they have this conversation where they're like, So, Dukat, why exactly are you here again? Well, Major, uh, <laughs> one of my more romantic relationships with a woman who loved me very much resulted in a child who I also love very much, but who is well, also enough. half Bajoran.
1: Let's be clear. He didn't say any of that at the beginning. He's like, uh, they wanted to send an advisor, so I came along. This is a no. national security thing.
0: No, he's there to tie up some loose ends.
1: No, 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 we know that. Mm. And we know that about halfway through the episode, but he doesn't tell her that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But like, he
0: does oddly tell her that he is there to kill this this young woman. Right, because which I
1: you had a real interesting take on this that I did not see, but it's it's really fascinating.
0: He realized, like I'm sure he was there originally to kill her and yeah. then like as he's there he's like I'm with Kira there's no way in the world she is gonna force me to save this girl you then think? its
1: not, then it's not my fault see i I don't know like I just thought he was gonna, which I thought was stupid because don't say you're gonna kill an innocent person in front of Kira. she's not gonna let you do that, yeah, no this is the, and so like, your that's take was thing? he, he knows just that. said that yeah, and the thing, thing is was-
0: like the, the episode never states it or anything, but like it just it was so obvious to me this time,
1: yeah. I could no. You you make an excellent point. I just it had not occurred to me that he would because of all the shitty shady terrible things he does. He's usually pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like Garrick's the one you can never trust anything he says. Yeah, Ducat just straight up says, "Yeah, we murdered a bunch of people, but we thought we were doing the right thing." Mm-hmm. Like and Garrick in that position with uh, we didn't murder anyone. Yeah. And then it would be well, we did, but be- because we wanted to, you know, like you yeah. would never just say that. Like Ducat's, for all his weirdness, is a straight shooter, uh huh, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, and he like he's not very manipulative. No, I don't think
0: he's smart enough.
1: I uh, maybe he's definitely too
0: far up his own ass for it. Like it's hard to emotion- be manipulative when you think when when you think everyone thinks you're a hero.
1: That's true, and it's and it's more he's more emotionally stupid. Yeah, that too. Like, intellectually, he's pretty smart, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have emotional, like, maturity at all.
0: Well, and he, like, he doesn't understand how other people work. He's a sociopath.
1: Got yeah. yeah, well, yeah. And, you know, there have been, uh, there's a very popular social media account comparing him to a, a modern world leader that is pretty on point, I think.
0: Every fucking day, like.
1: Yep. There's a horse in the hospital, Major. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's in sickbay.
1: No, it's it's great like to see him again and to be reminded. And uh, you and I had a brief conversation on Twitter earlier in the week where it was like you said it's good to see Ducat again, and I said we just did, and you said yeah, but that was a different Ducat. It's like is it though? It yeah, that Ducat was uh, that Ducat spent
0: a lot of that episode being possessed by the devil, and also a lot was, of that episode being Bajoran.
1: He was never possessed though. Let's be clear, he mm. was like. He was working for them, but that was all him. Mm-hmm. When I, I, I correct that not to be pedantic, but to specifically say everything we saw there was in character and it was him. It was oh, not yeah. someone speaking for him. It was just a little further along this weird journey that he mm-hmm. had. And what a journey
0: where we go from this to uh, yeah. sex with Kai Wynn.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, wow, that could being, change anyone.
0: Briefly being blind and being a
1: fanatical follower of the Pa Wraith. But there's so many more things between there. Like I say, there's the, the he was a pirate for a while. Yep, <laughs> I, that might have been my favorite ducat, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like uh, captured Klingon ship pirate ducat, because that's when we first met Damar. Yep, he was he was this weird rebel, like fighting battles that the Cardassian government wouldn't fight. Yep, and, uh, that was fun. Yo ho, major. Yeah, I mean, a pirates but- life for me. I don't think any of the things they did with him were, like, I I I, I like all of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I think that was, uh, I think that was probably yeah. my favorite Ducat. But this was interesting because you had those periods where he and Kira would get along for a little while. There's, the NZL does, the, like, really does this to her. Yeah, like, after, after she's introduced here, like, she she helps build the bridges a little bit before he sets them on fire.
0: At, like, there's that whole part where uh, the Cardassians are occupying uh, DS9 again. And uh, Zial's living there, and Kiara, uh, Kiara? good lord, Robotham, Mm -hmm. Kiara's really bonding with her, which means she is also spending a lot of time with Ducat because Zial's basically viewing them as her parents. Yeah, and uh, the bit where he buys her a dress. I thought this would look very pretty on you, Major. And for a second, she's like, that would look very, what am I
1: doing? That's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. And that all happens during that, like you say, during the occupation of the station, where... Mm. It's got that sequence that's also one of my favorite things with Kira looking herself in the mirror every morning. Yep. I still that is still such a powerful thing to me. Yeah, just And but but we're in we're in a weird place in that because she's on a mission with him mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to take any of his shit but she has to and she's begrudgingly acknowledging him and even laughing at his, you know, um at his butt. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. Uh his anal injury. Uh-huh. It's not an, an anal injury though. It was more of a gluteal injury. I don't, he, I don't think it went in the hole. I think it just he you know. he he definitely sat on a giant spike. There's a and I took a screenshot of this and put it on on Twitter because it it made me laugh again. Mm-hmm. But there's a shot where she's got him bent over and she's right behind him. And it, it basically just looks like she's pegging him. Oh. There's there's no other way to interpret that. And just he's like, he... take it out, take it out. <laughs> like you, you're welcome, shippers. I've been waiting. Yep. Uh, but no, I I I did enjoy all of that.
0: Yeah. And no, it's it's just it's two of my favorite characters getting to spend time together, and these two have one of the best relationships on the show. Like I could watch them all day because yeah. she hates him, and yeah. he is Gul Dukat. <laughs> it's like, why do you hate us? I don't understand.
1: That we like, did so
0: much good for you. You were talking about it earlier. The whole like. Like he goes on for like ten minutes just about the glory how how glorious Bajor is and how Cardassia lifted them up and just Yeah. You weren't Kira, like this before us and now yeah. now you are. And Kira's just like I cannot believe the garbage that is spilling out of your mouth. Yep. And yet all of it is true, Major. <laughs> you know it. I, I know it.
1: All of the galaxy knows it. You're welcome. I think the my like one of my favorite parts about this is the whole episode could just be Kara's forced to work with Dukat like mm-hmm. that's enough for an episode right there, yeah, but then we get the twist of he's got a half Bajoran daughter mm-hmm. that isn't telegraphed at all. You think this is the episode, that's it yeah, and then there's actually a twist that works and it's so rare to see that in any Star Trek mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I know where this is going. I had no idea the first time that, oh, he's got a daughter, oh shit yeah. Because that, thats another you know, this one that is makes enough. a lot of sense too. Like, oh, it absolutely does. Like, no what's surprising now is he's got a daughter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that—that that we're aware of.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's, there's definitely other half ducats out there. Yeah,
0: gold Dukat got up to some very disgusting
1: business. I mean, yeah, and I alluded to this in my summary, but I do not like the implication that he hooked up with Kira's mom. That was no, that was uh... a poor decision. Yeah, it was. But, you know, mm-hmm. the, not everything the show did was perfect. Just also, most it,
0: bo- it like it bonds those two in a way that is really unnecessary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a yeah, they already that, had it like Kieran Ducat hating each. Other. Well, Kieran Dukat's relationship. Let's go with that. Uh, is yeah. complicated and interesting enough without adding that new weird
1: layer to it. Yeah, it's it's adding. Yeah, exactly. And we said this at the time. Mm. But, you know. But yeah, that that twist I did not see coming. Like the episode would have been fine without it and it was even better with it. Yeah. Uh we also got the first appearance of the Breen which was cool.
0: <laughs>
1: I love those guys. Yeah, they're great. Um and the else? first
0: appearance of Kira in a Breen costume, which will come back which was in the other episode we watched. Oh
1: yeah, I guess I guess this is just us watching the, the specific episodes where Kira dresses up like a Breen. I, I like lo- gotta...
0: I like them cuz every time she takes off the helmet I'm like that helmet doesn't work. What is she no, seeing out of? What's going it's, on?
1: It's just it's a, you know, and and the Princess Leia thing could not be more obvious. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and that's fine. But, you know. Uh anyway, anything else with the with the uh Ducat plot before we talk about the beat plot? Now, let's launch into the uh, the boring part. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think it was boring is the thing. I mean,
0: I definitely thought every time that uh Gold Ducat and Kira weren't on screen, I was wanting them to come back.
1: Mm. I see I disagree, but um I think the yin to Ducat's Yang, and please stop me if I say Dukat's Yang again <laughs> is Cassidy Yates. Where Ducat is the strongest supporting character in this giant ensemble, she's easily the weakest. Yeah. And I'm completely with Ben and his hesitation to commit to her. She's not just up to the acting caliber as literally anyone else on the show. The writing's not there either. She comes off like such a one-dimensional, like, kind of sexist girlfriend. You men always putting your feet in your mouths. And this show can write some damn good women, so there's no excuse for this. Like, we were cutting to the other great one Mm -hmm. in this same episode, but there's also Dax. There will also be Zial. There Mm -hmm. was also uh, Lita. Yep. Like, there's tons of decent women on this show. Later, there will be Esri. And so it's extra weird. It's not like this show doesn't know how to write women. Yeah. It just d- doesn't know how to write. Like, seriously, most of the time, it felt like a sitcom. It felt like, oh, you're just digging yourself a deeper hole. Yeah. like Okay. But that said, watching Avery Brooks be a sitcom dad, mm-hmm. funny to me. Yeah. And because, I,
0: oh, I buy the whole, like... I don't know if I want her living here. I mean, off his
1: first serious relationship since his dead wife. Yeah. It's a little weird for him. Yeah, and, like, you know, it's been, like, four years. It's been. Yeah. I just...
0: Man, I uh, I had a pretty good thing going where she would just show up, but now it's just around all the time?
1: Well, and early on, I think they played the dead wife card a little too much. I mean, I think you're allowed to early on, like... Yeah, no, I know, but I think... He was in serious danger of just being maudlin. My wife is dead. I got to raise my son on my own guy. See, and
0: I ne- I never felt that direction from, from Cisco, mm, you know? I
1: did in early season one, but I think they corrected for it pretty quickly. Yeah. But I, what I'm saying is they dealt with it here without it feeling like that. Because mm-hmm. what he said was, look, man, Jennifer lived with me on a ship and that went bad. That I ship don't know exploded. Th- yeah. I don't know. Like this is a dangerous life, and things are getting rough out there, yeah. and I don't know that you being in the same place as me—we're not is even good at the big me. war yet. Yeah, but it's coming. They know it's coming, mm-hmm. and it was. It's, I don't know. He he had this, and it was very sitcom, and I say this in a good way because mm-hmm. Avery Brooks is a big goofball when he wants to be. Yep, and he's, his well, you know what I mean. Those those moments where you can tell he doesn't know what to say, but he's uh-huh. trying to be cute, uh-huh. and I don't know. I love that guy. Yep. Oh, I don't know if we,
0: do. I don't want to say no, because you'll yell at me, but no.
1: Oh, you were already starting to yell at me, so. no. And I got and this there was giant some... swinging bachelor pad right now. There were some sweet moments with Jake also. Jake is like the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, look, Dad, Nog and I have been talking. You've been talking to Nog? <laughs> yeah, About and women? We th- <laughs> and we think you probably should go for it, man. And I don't know, it was cute. Like, because there's always that moment where, <laughs> yeah. when a teen boy thinks he's a grown-up, you mm-hmm. know? And I don't know. But also, so was he's a lot. right, so. Okay. What's that?
0: He's also right, though, and I like Ben oh, realizing yeah. that.
1: Just like, <sighs> fair yeah. enough. No, you're right. No, and that's why I say I don't think that was a boring plot, because mm. uh, there's no character on this show that I don't want to see what they get up to. If it was all about Cassidy with nobody else, I mm. probably wouldn't care, but... Otherwise, I'm pretty much interested in anything any of these people are getting up to. Yeah. So there's that. But there's... all about Cassidy, my least my least favorite nineties sitcom. <laughs> uh but but your bad thing kind of tied into this plot, didn't it? Uh, I had a
0: hard time picking a bad thing. Uh I don't know, Quark got kind of sexist.
1: Unsurprisingly. Yeah, I mean, when the I think it's Julian and Dax and he are having a conversation, right? Mm. Yeah. And he's like, well, why don't you just tell your women what to do tell and make to them strip sh- tell naked? Tell shut up and,
0: <laughs> then yeah. ro- and then rob her or whatever. I don't know.
1: <laughs> and then rob her.
0: I'm in a you stable rob- relationship with nobody for this entire series.
1: You don't remember how the Ferengi work, do you? <laughs> do you think they're burglars? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're, a ra- we're a race of desperados. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're all wearing bandit masks gonna
0: rob a stagecoach I'm sorry I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2 oh I gotcha
1: you mean Grand Theft Horse 2 Grand Theft Horse 2 steal more horses Mm -hmm.
0: of course gotta steal them horses (laughs) I'm running into Janeway Ah. have you tried stealing a horse captain how about that I'm still Quark and my voice is still difficult to do yeah it's a bit difficult to do Hang on. let me try something else Miss Summers if I see you in the hallway (laughs) one more time
1: no that's not it either no, no. All right. Anything else? Uh, no. I think that's it. All right. Uh, my quote is um, there's there's a point where it's very early on when uh, Kira and Ducat are stuck together, and uh, she says this to him. Oh, Captain Cisco's right. You are in love with the sound of your own voice. Which, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh huh. All right. Pushing forward to rejoined. Yeah. Take it away.
0: So Cisco interrupts Dax's impromptu magic show, thank God, to inform her that a Trill ship is arriving from Trill to run some experiments on creating an artificial wormhole on board the Defiant. And uh, also your your ex-wife is going to be on it. So how are you doing, Jadzia? We never talk anymore. So here's the deal, says Kira and Julian to Quark, explaining how Trill society is complete bullshit. Trill aren't allowed to form relationships with people from their pasts. It's a way to allow the symbiont to move on to new hosts with new experiences, without dwelling in the past. They're not allowed to they're not allowed extended contact with spouses, family members, friends, etc. Trill who do that are exiled from the homeworld and the symbiont can never move on to a new body. Well, that's all well and good, says Quark. But wasn't Chad Zia close friends with Captain Sisko when she was Curzon? Doesn't that make her friendship with him taboo? Ah, da, 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 say Kira and, D- and Julian, desperately trying to draw our attention from the gaping plot hole this episode hangs on. Meanwhile, Jadzia and her ex-wife Khan, not that one, although I can understand your confusion. What with everyone on the set of DS9 apparently forgetting that the name Khan was already used by one of the most famous characters in Star Trek history. It's not like they named a movie after him. Are bonding again. Like, to the point where other trill are remarking on how gross that is. After much soul-searching, Jedzia decides to resume her relationship, damn the consequences. And then the wormhole experiment almost blows Khan up, and only a quick-thinking Jedzia can save her. And that's time for the episode to be over, so Khan decides she doesn't want to be with Jedzia after all, and it's real depressing.
1: The end! <laughs> okay, so I got a new feature. Well, I say a new feature. This is only going to happen twice, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and if this were sort of a, a Letterman-type show, I'd ask Paul to play a little theme song for it, but uh, we we don't have that, so... But this is called Walking It Back. Walking it back. Walking it back. There you go. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate that. There's a very specific reason I wanted to take another pass at this episode, and it's not exactly a secret. I've mentioned it before, but I want to say it here and now, altogether, for the record. I was grossly misinformed about a number of things when it comes to Terry Farrell. I've been trying for the last four years to determine exactly where I heard that she had a problem doing this episode, Fan magazines? I was reading pretty much anything covering Star Trek at this time, so it's possible. An AOL chat room? Equally possible. I spent a lot of time in those in the mid-to-late 90s, and more than one actual DS9 writer did Q&As there, so it would have been easy for me to conflate some semi-official thing like that with something some anonymous jerk made up. Ultimately, it does not matter where I heard it, though. I picked up an inaccurate piece of information, and I used my own public forum to spread this falsehood as though it were the truth, thereby potentially damaging someone's reputation in the process. I think we all understand how dangerous this sort of thing can be now in 20-goddamn-18. I should have known it in 20-gosh-darn-14, and I should have known it in 19-golly-heck-95. Terry Farrell not only had no problem doing this episode, but it was, in fact, one of her favorite episodes, according to a direct quote cited on Memory Alpha insult to injury time. Turns out that she'd also been seriously sexually harassed by Rick Berman behind the scenes for years. Because she felt uncomfortable in this environment, she asked for a reduced role on the show. Berman wouldn't grant her that, so she ended up having to leave. So let me also take this opportunity to walk back any Terry Farrell left DS9 to do Becker jokes I may have made. Women struggle with this shit all the time. Definitely in Trek's original incarnation in the 60s, into the 90s, and yeah, almost certainly now. They absolutely do not need assholes like me spreading lies about them on top of all that. Terry Farrell, I have no reason to believe you'll ever hear this, but if you do, I'd just like to say I'm sorry. I'm trying to be better. Also, while I have you, congrats on your marriage to Adam Nimoy. Well, I'd better sign off now. Yours in Christ, Al. P.S. Love from Matt. Thank you. Yeah, that's just, I just needed to say that and I wanted to say it someplace, you know, because I had heard... She was kind of a homophobe, that she didn't want to kiss a woman, that she had problems with the episode. Nowhere. Can, I like, can't find one single thing to back yeah. It up. Yeah. So really needed to get that out there.
0: I'd also like to uh, apologize for the Terry Farrell left DS9 to do Becker jokes, which I know for a fact I made dozens of.
1: Yeah, we we both did. Yeah. Because we thought, oh, you know, we thought it was another uh, Denise Crosby situation. Yeah. And Too also it's for fun to make fun of Becker. Well, of course it is. I mean, even the name sounds funny. Becker.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> this week on Becker.
1: Yeah, but uh, the, the fact is, she got Becker, like, she just happened to get that right after she got let like, mm. go from the show. It was a coincidence. She did yeah. not leave the show to do Becker. She just happened to land Becker right after she left. Mm.
0: Well, good. So,
1: yeah. So, I mean, and yeah, good that she Rick kept Berman. working. Yeah, no, fuck Rick Berman sideways. But, you know, um, she had absolutely no problem doing this episode. Well, good, because
0: um, um, here's the thing I didn't re- realize the first time we did this. This is actually a pretty good episode.
1: It is. It's it's very quiet. Yep. And the thing is, uh, we we reviewed this episode with Amanda last time. Yes. And she doesn't really have a lot of patience for, you know, love stories, really, unless I unless they're exemplary. I'll say that we love stories, human emotions, that whole thing. Yeah. You know, as her (laughs) husband, things that aren't Dragon
0: Age, basically.
1: Well, yeah. That's. I mean, then there's a lot of love in that, so I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but no, it's I I was a little influenced by her opinion of it because it is a very quiet story. Mm-hmm. It's mostly this love thing, and I think she found that boring, and I kind of got like, yeah, okay, you've convinced me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, this time through I liked it a lot more. I think yeah. I, there was a lot to like there, and there was a lot of good quiet... It reminded me of that Next Gen episode where uh, uh, Picard was dating the lower crewman who that ended up being a disaster. Yeah. Where most of the episode was just about their relationship, and there was a little bit of deadly danger, but it was mostly them. yeah. I think that works a lot better. Yeah. So that's all. It's just, and I liked, I liked the chick they got playing Lenara. Well, like her and Terry Farrell are very good together. They are. Uh, I mean, Terry Farrell's
0: always good. This is my good thing. Yeah. But she's very good in this. Like there's actual chemistry between these two and you can actually feel the history between them. It's all very well done.
1: And that's always hard to do when you have a a week to week show where here's the guest star we've never seen and we'll never see again. Mm -hmm. Like, for the actors to really sell that these two have a connection is, you know, difficult. Yeah. And they absolutely did that. Mm-hmm. Also, they did that thing. You know how on Next Gen they'd cast someone who felt kind of Patrick Stewarty. Yes. And we'd get excited because like, oh, yeah, these two are similar. They will be good together. Like, she felt like the same caliber of actor, the same type of actor. I don't really know what that means. But you know what I mean? They felt the same. Yeah. In a good way. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but my good thing. Yes. Uh, Kira wonders why Jezia and Lenara can't just hook back up now and it's completed, it's treated as a completely trivial, no big deal thing that two women could hook up. Yeah. Which should not be something I have to call attention to, but remember, we only just got our first canonically gay couple in 2017, 22 years after this episode aired. That Kira, who, let's be clear, is a religious conservative, would suggest that jedzia date a woman is impressive under the circumstances, and they somehow must have slipped it by Rick terrified of the gays Berman, because it all plays as forbidden love, but never because they're women. Like, uh, that doesn't come up once.
0: Well, the only thing uh, Rick Berman is more terrified of than the gays is uh, Iris Stephen Bear. Iris Stephen Bear,
1: absolutely. And actually, I was—I went back through the fifty-year mission to to clarify all this uh, harassment stuff because I wanted to be absolutely sure I got it right this time. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a quote from Ira Stephen Bear that said, "I did not know Rick was doing that shit, or I would have punched him in the face." Ira Stephen Bear is a hero. <laughs> yep. Also, I'm
0: starting th- to suspect an actual bear. Could be. I but a little bear. Yeah, not a big bear, but a little bear in sunglasses who just sort of was hanging around the set of DS9. Yeah.
1: And some of the producers are like, hey, you you you'd be pretty good at this. Why don't you run the show? I, I don't think that we need to have so much uh, so much continuity yeah. in the ROAR! Yeah. Just go talk J- just go pull that shit on Voyager. We got it cover over here. Hey, I'm gonna go brother. On no, I'm turning him into a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> the bear's coming for you, brother. Snap into a slim gym, brother. Yeah. Um But now it's it is cool because there is like the whole point of what I thought to be true, that Terry Farrell had a problem with it, which she didn't, was, mm-hmm. yeah, there is two women kissing and two women in a forbidden relationship. And it could so easily have been, you can't hook up your women. And yeah. And that never comes up once. Women getting together? What is yeah. this? It's just they used to be together and they're not supposed to be anymore, which is dumb on a whole bunch of other levels we're going to talk about. But, oh, uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> You already did a bit, but we definitely need to go more into this. But I just like that it never won- – like I said, even Kira, mm-hmm. who is the, the closest thing to a fundamentalist we've yeah. ever seen in Star Trek, is still like, so why don't they just hook up? Yeah, it's fine. Like it never occurs to her that that's not an option.
0: Yeah, which is – good. God, that. that's nice to hear. And, yeah. and, you know, shouldn't be a surprise in Star Trek. Like,
1: Yeah, but again – this was 22 years before mm-hmm. uh, Stamets and Hugh. Yeah, no, tell, oh, trust me. It's real bad, but like. Yeah. No, we had no, you know, this is the closest thing to a canonical gay cu- couple yeah. we had, which is two women kissing once and then not hooking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even then you could, you you have the sci-fi trapdoor of, yeah, but they're not real. Like if you wanted to, to Defend yourself against a homophobe. You mm-hmm. could say like, "Well, they're not really women. The slug in them is genderless. It's, the, so. the,
0: yeah. it, it's just it's it's two crazy
1: aliens making out. You know, they're yeah. not. It's not like they're people or anything. Yeah, they switch back and forth all the time. It could yeah. be anything. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Uh uh-huh. So even then, it's not like just two people who identify as female hooked up. Period. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. yeah. It's it, it's not great, man. Like, but then on top of that, this is my bad thing, mm-hmm. and you already alluded to this in your summary. Yeah. Trill Society is really a mess. Like, this should have been the series that made sense of it all, like Next Gen did with the Klingons. Mm-hmm. But I remember a bunch of really weird aspects of it prior to this episode, like the the keeper, the creepy keepers of the symbiont pool. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that guy? And then the later stuff with Ezri, who completely ignores the central conflict of this episode, and hooks up with Worf and Julian. Mm-hmm. Like, hooks up with, sleeps with, has yep. sex with. Like, not just... Is friends with like like Zia and Ben, which is also, as you point out, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, but she crosses Dax's the line. Friendship
0: with Ben spreads over three different lifetimes. Yeah, which, according to this episode, is horribly disgusting to the
1: Trill. Uh, I, it just doesn't make like, I. So, I guess I get the general idea that Trills should move on with their lives. Like that's the the Trill experience. Yeah, but. Uh, a culture that produced Jadzia, mm-hmm. who may be the most adventurous and open-minded character in all of Trek. Uh, yeah. It just, just just doesn't jibe. Like, she's nothing like that. She's willing to do anything she wants. And it's weird that, that the culture she comes from forbids her to do much of anything. Mm-hmm. Like, can you think of any other character who's so... That spirit of Star Trek? You know what I mean? No, that... I'm th- I don't think so. Just in her personal life. But yeah, I'll try that. I mean, yeah, Kirk, but Kirk was a horn dog. This is this mm-hmm. is. I mean, Z is a horn dog too, but I, abso- it's a little different. L- look, don't let's be real. Yeah, but but, but she's, she's not just,
0: just a horn dog.
1: No, because she settled down with Worf for a while. Mm-hmm. Like she's willing to settle down, and she's been married a bunch of times. Oh yeah, like. She's but she's very adventurous. She's Mm -hmm. very willing to embrace other cultures and do different things. And it just it feels weird that this culture would be so stifling. It's it's person.
0: it almost it makes sense if you take it out of like the context of the show, which, you know, is impossible. You have a main Trill character who's here. Yeah, we have
1: our our main focus on the Trill is this like most of what we see of them is Jedzia. So, you know.
0: And they, they really didn't dig into her her background a whole lot. And when they did, it was terrible. It's like that's weird for Trek. They're usually pretty good about like, these are our well, main was... alien characters. This is what their culture is like.
1: Well, and that was one of the good things Next Gen did was mm-hmm. through Worf, we were able to take these cartoon one dimensional bad guys from the original series and flesh them out into a whole culture. And well, then I... we realized, oh, and he's kind of a shitty one.
0: Yeah. Well, and even even DS Nine really kind of, like, they made the Ferengi not complete jokes. Like Uh, They
1: did exactly the same thing that the Next Gen did with the Klingons. Like, okay, let's take this half-ass idea and tease it out and see how it works. And,
0: yeah. So to have the Trill, like, we don't fucking know, man. Caves, slugs, whatever.
1: Yeah. Is It's weird. I I get, in theory, like you say, Mm -hmm. I get the idea that the whole, you know, the whole idea of a symbiont means... New lifetimes, clean break, yeah. move on, but they don't do that.
0: Like this, the 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 concept of the episode doesn't even work in just the just this. If you only watch this episode, it still doesn't really work. Right. Like the 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 Cisco uh uh Dax friendship is such a huge part of this show. Like yeah. you can't just ignore it because it's inconvenient.
1: No, and honestly. It was another thing I was I was glad to be reminded of is their friendship. Yeah, because there's long scenes where she's like Benjamin, I don't know what to do, and he tells her the hard truth. He's yeah. like, Look, Curzon would not have, like would not have done it this way, and you're not supposed to do it this way. And you, you know, know this you're is not wrong. Supposed to do it this way, like yeah, like that is the heart It's not the friend just telling you what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. It's the friend telling you the right thing to do.
0: But also, after all of that, he still is like, "But whatever you do, I'm behind you."
1: Like, yeah, I know you, and I know you're probably gonna go through with it, and I support. I'm not gonna yeah. like alienate you if that happens. Yeah,
0: because so. he's a great fucking character. God, I, yeah. God, I love Cisco. Yeah, me too. Like,
1: and you know, he's a supporting role in both of these, but it, we still got enough of him. I oh yeah, oh like, this guy. And I was thinking, like, you know, this this taste of DS9 we've been getting, I I want to like not for the show just for me. Yeah, it might be time to do a rewatch. I don't know if I want to do a whole rewatch, but there's definitely a few Cisco specific episodes like I would love to watch Explorers again, which mm-hmm. is one of my all-time favorites, that's a
0: great episode.
1: Yeah. Or like um The Visitor. The Visitor, very good. Uh
0: Pale Moonlight, or, obviously.
1: I can't remember. It's real. That oh one.
0: god. Uh, d- d- but I can't yeah. believe I'm blanking on this. Um You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The 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 sci-fi one.
1: Oh, well no, that's um that's far beyond the stars. I was thinking of the one where the 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 prophets make him smart. Oh, yeah. Which I guess is a different one. I guess I'm misquoting. But yeah, there's there's so many good yeah, Cisco episodes. Uh, what else? Oh, you you had a a bad thing about Jedzia. Yeah, Jedzia does close up magic in this one. It's gross. <laughs> Fuck okay. magicians. I I think they just did that so they could do the uh I pulled a coin out of Quark's ear joke because ears. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, what ear jokes haven't we done yet? Oh, what about the dumb magic thing that everyone's uncle does? There's a,
0: there's a bit though where, uh, after she does the magic trick, she sort of stands up to leave, and mm-hmm. Julian goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Jadzia Dax," and she bows and everything, and I'm like, "Only
1: two, only the two of you are watching, guy. No one knows what you're talking about, Julian." It doesn't matter. <laughs> Honestly, the little flourish she does when when he's like, that might be our cover art because that's pretty good. so adorable. Yeah. But also fuck magic. Yeah. Were you, uh, were you drummed out of the Magicians Alliance? Is that the problem? I had a friend in, uh, in, uh, the sixth grade who was a magician and I hated him. (laughs) I think we've had this conversation because I think I assumed it was that one guy and it wasn't. It's not that guy. I'm not friends with that guy anymore because I hate him.
0: Oh, Weird. Yeah, he grew up to be a DJ, so... <laughs>
1: I mean, that's kind of a lateral move, wouldn't all you say? The, all the...
0: <laughs> Not to slam uh, in two entire types of uh, employment, uh, but no, those are I both think... stupid fucking jobs.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I always I always kind of like stage magic. I actually like had a little kit when I was a kid and you know, would do that for relatives just as something to do. Cause, I... I don't know. I didn't have my tight five down for my stand-up set yet, so, you know. <laughs> I like Penn and Teller, the end. yeah. I mean, yeah, now. Those are the only ones I want to watch. Yeah. But, you know, I get it. Fucking magicians. <laughs> they fucking demand writers. to be taken seriously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh. uh what else? Um what's There's what's a it? there's a cute bit where um uh Jedzia and Lenara are catching up. You know, they haven't talked to each other since whichever one of them died. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gen Z is like, uh, I cannot be alone with her on a date. We'll bone. Uh, Julian, you come with us. Mm-hmm. And that all plays very sitcom, but also in a good way. Because he is so bored. He was not there for any of this. He doesn't give a fuck. Also, you know, he showed up going, dinner with two attractive ladies. Yeah, but that that didn't that didn't work out. It's one, five Julie. seconds later. Yeah. Dinner with two attractive ladies. Ah. Mm-hmm. Then he says, I, "I have something better to do." What? What? What do you have better to do?
0: You don't have anything better to do.
1: It's Hang true. out with Garrick, I guess. I have to talk to my two friends, Garrick and Miles. Mhm. I don't even know if he was good friends with Miles yet.
0: <laughs> Miles, are we friends yet? No. Come back next year.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Cramming all those Arrested Development references into this.
0: Nobody's one. my friend anymore, and then he gets Poppinsed.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, Jedzia and Lennar are having their whole conversation, and they just keep going. Same, yeah, same. <laughs> uh, there was, there was a bit going back to the to the uh, Jedzia and uh, Ben thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, "I've lived seven lifetimes and I've never had a friend quite like you." And uh, got a little flute soloy in here that's, for that. That's good, you know. <laughs> it's very sweet. And those I, two uh, always sold it. Yeah. Like it wasn't just in the writing; it was definitely in the performing as well.
0: I just God, I love these guys. I love, I love Deep Space Nine. Yeah, it's a good show. It's it's. I think mean, we're I think, we're, I think we're done now. Uh-huh. Like
1: I think this is it. But, yeah. You know. Actually, that's not true. When the documentary drops, I would like to do. it Oh yeah, about I ta- I
0: forgot we're gonna we're gonna do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and so I know I know that that's coming because they did the theatrical screening of it for Kickstarter backers. Mm. So presumably it'll hit video sometime in the near future. Yeah. And we will buy that and we will watch it and we will talk about it because I've been looking forward to that since they like announced it two years ago. Oh,
0: yeah. That might be a hard one to summarize. But uh...
1: yeah, we might not do it in the in the way in you the know. traditional. Yeah. It's not a plot. <clears throat>
0: we just talk about it. And then and then a guy talked to the camera for a couple for a while. And then a different guy talked to the camera for a while. And then there <laughs> yeah, were some but... clips from the show, and then a guy talked to the camera for a while.
1: That's how documentaries work, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? I
0: don't have a whole lot of notes for this one.
1: No, there was like again, not a lot happened. It was mostly sort of quiet character moments and the sadness of them knowing it it did. I, I went back to the original doc we had and Amanda pointed out there was that episode of next gen where Wesley was told he couldn't date a girl. And then he just didn't. Yeah. And it felt kind of wussy. Yeah, it sure and did. The same thing happened here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the, the our kinda... family said, don't do that. And then she didn't. And yeah, eh.
0: yeah. The ending is uh, a little, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: But on the other hand, the star Trek seems to know two endings. It's either, wussing out and doing what you're told or rebelling and stealing a shuttle. Mhm. Like that that was the two ways this could have gone. And Worf was on vacation this week so there were no shuttles to steal. I mean there's always Worf is always on vacation. Mhm. You just assume that. Mhm. Anybody seen Worf? Oh, right. <laughs> Who? <clears throat> that part-timer?
0: Some kind of Klingon
1: I don't know, basketball <laughs> tournament. Klingon failure. <laughs> He's at the Klingon failure pile. I have to go support the fighting Klingons. Is that the That's name of every is. sports team on on uh, Kronos? Yes. Look, if you're Earth Canada, can name every team the Rough Riders. Uh huh. Oh, thank you speaking for that of Canada, Park. Yeah. Fucking Eddington's in this one. Oh, that surprised yeah. Ed- the shit Ed- I out of me. The- forgot about Eddington. I also forgot he was Canadian. Like, where are you going with this? Yep. <laughs> he's got that lucky loony, like, so much. Of course. Javert. Ugh. <laughs> Not a great character, but uh I liked him because it really pissed me off when he, he betrayed Cisco. Yeah, he was just real shitty about it. Yeah, that's what I liked. Uh huh. Like we had a couple of you know, over the course of Star Trek we had like uh like Cisco's old friend, what was it, Cal. Yeah. Who became a maquis. I'm like, who's that guy? I've never heard of him before. But Eddington they did exactly what I think they should do in a situation like that, where he's a character who lurked in the background for quite some time. Yeah,
0: he was there for like a year before he, uh, yeah.
1: before and the then term. And they're saying, who who ratted us out? Who could possibly have done this? And you're looking around like, that guy? That guy's nobody. <laughs> he's in the background just cackling. Yeah. You'll never I mean, catch me, Captain Sisko,
0: because you don't know who I am. Yeah. And I've been reading Les Mis, so get used to a bunch of terrible references to that. So you're coming after me again, are you, Jovert? Never read uh, that play. Leave me alone. It was a novel first, I think. Sorry, I was sorry, I sorry, this is Star Trek. I was reading the other novel. Drops his <laughs> copy of Moby Dick.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I I enjoyed Eddington being a prick. Like that, yeah. that always amused me. I got I, I think they went to the well one too many times on him, as I recall, but overall I recall liking him.
0: I don't know. That last episode with him is pretty good.
1: Uh, I may—I don't remember. I seriously yeah. don't. Like there, there were so many things. Like, I think there he, were so many like, twists. And turns. They brought him
0: back after his, after his, after we ran away. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did two episodes with him, and I think they were both pretty good. Well, there was one where they caught
1: him. Yeah. And he was forced to kind of Hannibal Lecter help them.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the that's the last one. That's the one where he dies. Ah. Did he die? He does die. Yes.
1: Ah. Okay. I, do, I remember one of them, Cisco threatens to genocide a planet, mm-hmm. which was a bit over the top. And, uh, but he only Cisco to really me. hates Eddington. Well, I, I get you.
0: I'll kill basically. <laughs> Plus, thought of a joke in the middle of an impression. Of course. Plus, uh, you, you can't fault Cisco for genociding people. He doesn't know how many people that is.
1: <laughs> I didn't think I was genociding. I thought I was just killing a guy. You killed four people. What's wrong? Is that a lot? Also, there's a rich tradition of uh, of genocide in Starfleet. So oh, sure. We all look up to the great Captain Archer, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: The genociding uh, torturer. What a I hero.
1: Guess. Yeah.
0: Would you say he's the greatest hero in Star Trek history? Because a computer well, did. Top five. Uh huh. Mm hmm. So how all many right. people did they kill? Must have been a lot, right?
1: I mean, I don't know I don't know much about Captain Pike in the prime universe, so we're gonna find out. Mm-hmm. So maybe a lot. We'll see. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Anything else? Uh, I think that's everything I got. All right. You got a quote?
0: Uh, yes. This is from the beginning. The uh, the quark explanation scene. And now, Nilani is Lenora, and Taraius is Jadzia. So that makes Lenora, Jadzia's ex-wife. Hey.
1: it's a little more complicated than that, Quark.
0: I'm sure it is. But to be honest, I'm sorry about the whole thing. It was giving me a headache. Yep. Yeah.
1: Quark didn't have much to do in, in either of these either. But uh, No, no. You
0: know. Brian was barely around at all.
1: Actually, uh, Odo as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of the guys. But that's the thing about a show with 10,000 characters. You're going to get that. Yeah. I mean,
0: like, last time we got, you know, because she was dead, we didn't get any Jadzia. So it was nice to see her in these two.
1: So Yeah, and to get an episode that focused on her yeah. as well. Because yeah, I love this character. Also, uh, one of my notes says I have not watched anything written by Ron Moore in years. Yeah, like he wrote the second one, and yeah, it was not like probably my favorite Trek writer. Mm-hmm. No, he's I working on uh, Outsider working now,
0: which uh, Outlander. Outlander yeah. now, which no, thank you. Uh,
1: I I keep almost because so is Ira Stephen Bear. Yeah, and it's like oh man, those two together. I mean that show is so not my jam, but on the other hand, those guys are. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Call me when you so. get back to, to
0: to writing horror, Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? The Simpsons reference.
1: Ah. All right, so that's all for this time. Uh, as as we mentioned, we we had originally planned to only do one more uh, revisit. Uh, we but we decided on the spot we're going to do two more. Yep. So next week we're revisiting a pair of uh, original series episodes, mm-hmm. and then and then we're doing the cage. Yep. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so next week, if you are following along with us, we are going to the Gamesters of Triskelion mm-hmm. and a piece of the action. Yep. Uh, again, because uh, some problematic shit that we said. Yep. So uh, look for the second appearance of of my new feature, Walking It Back, mm-hmm. for the Gamesters of Triskelion. Also, Flonk will be joining us for this because uh, Flonk um, was disappointed he didn't get a chance to uh, cover any original series episodes, so we're giving him a chance to uh, chime in on those guys yeah so look forward to that yep um if you want to write to us it is postatomic horror at gmail uh the website postatomichorror.com the tumblr postatomichorror.tumblr.com uh, we are on twitter at algar at robot matt, and i think that's it yeah see you folks the postatomic
0: horror podcast is a co-production of ron algar watt and matt robotham copyright 2018 please don't sue us we're just doing this for fun